You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning, everybody. This is Father Craig Vosick, and I am your host for Real Presence Live, coming to you from the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota. We're beginning our second hour of live programming here at Top of the Hill, where we have students studying. Actually, it looks like most of them are sleeping where I'm at. This is They're taking a little study break mid-morning. Their uh, initial coffee is wearing off and taking a little break. It's tough to be a student. So we, uh, we had a great first hour. We have a great second hour, and we're going to chat with one of our students. Carlos, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. We're so glad. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so um, I'm actually from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, right. Freshman student, of course, here at the University of Mary, do majoring in um, computer information systems and information technology management with a minor in um, Catholic studies. I came to North Why Dakota. Why in the world oh. are you? St- you're, that's, that sounds like a lot. It, yeah, I mean, they're really integrated with each other, so it's only a couple more classes than if I was just taking one. Okay, major, so. so it just sounds really fancy. It sounds really fancy, yeah. And it's a mouthful. <laughs> but, but it's possible, you're saying? It's possible. Oh, okay, exactly. great. Yeah. Okay, great, great, good. Yeah, so I came to North Dakota here with my family back in 2015, uh, worked okay. in the oil field up in Stanley, North Dakota. Ah. So that, and then, yeah, and um, I actually work with them still remotely while studying here. So it's been quite the first year. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You are a busy young man. Yeah. My gosh. Okay. Well, how'd you end up at the University of Mary? Um, so I actually came down last no, yeah, I think it was two years ago for prayer day. I think they had Father uh, Mike sure, on here. And yeah. then just hearing him talk about just the college students and the college life really resonated with me at the time. And mm. I took the time while I was here to speak with faculty and students, and that really made my decision. Like, yep, I'm coming to the University of Oh, Mary. that's fantastic. Well, we're glad to have you. Thank you. That's really great. So we want to talk about uh, your journey. Uh, with the Lord and various other things that are going on. So, uh, what was faith like growing up? So, faith um, growing up was a very watered-down version. I mean, it's cultural in the Hispanics' lifestyle to basically have all the festivals and stuff like dressing up and stuff like that, sure. all the cultural foods. Yeah. It's very resonant, but I would say like when it came down to asking the questions, not that many knew the answers to them. I would like, um, why do we do this or why do we do that? It's like, oh, sure. we just traditionally do that. Just, we do this, you know. but we don't know why. Exactly. Sure. Mm-hmm. And we love to do it. And we love to do it. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Which is great. Right? I mean, most of my uh, childhood memory when it came to like these type of festivals was the food. And um, I remember really well, like on January the 6th, the uh, three wise men or Los Reyes Magos. It's just that nice uh, oval-shaped bread chopped with like dried fruit and all we're, we're, we're wondering is like who's going to get that infant baby Jesus that's inside <laughs> hidden in there yeah hidden right. in there yeah, exactly so, so it's like, like king in a cake or the ki- king cake or whatever right yeah exactly right. so it's like that's the food yeah for sure exactly so tell us about some more of the food and some more of the uh, other festivals that you do these sorts of things what mm-hmm. else was there um, well you're like traditional Hispanic foods like tamales, pozole, uh-huh. all that stuff. Uh-huh. Um, you had your tres leches cakes and Ooh, all that. I like so, that. Yeah, and I all don't those. Mind this at all. <laughs> exactly, right. Yeah. Every time I talk about um, these festivals, our family throws, it's like it's so different. I mean, we have so much food, so much music going on. It's, yes, yeah, it's truly a celebration. So you've got the three wise men. What other, what other feasts do you celebrate in, in a special way, would you say? In, um, our Lady Guadalupe is pretty course. popular. Is, yeah. that, is mm-hmm. that a big one? Oh, oh yeah, that's a huge one, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then, of course, your Christmas and Easter ones sure. are also. Um, but, yeah, I would say Los uh, Reyes Magos and also our Virgin 
Guadalupe is sure. one of the two main ones. Those are the big ones, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, first time I had Tres Leches was in a Latino community down in, um, down in Miami, Florida. And I didn't want to leave. I, <laughs> I wanted to have that. I mean, I think it was like 7,000 calories per bite. I mean, it was oh, yeah. crazy it's, like it's, that. It's, it's crazy. It's I mean, super great. All right, so this is how you grew up. You grew up with this cultural mm -hmm. uh, expression, which is great. Right. Um, but you're indicating that there was maybe something lacking, huh? Yeah, and, and mainly the substance of why we're doing this. Yeah. And um, towards fifth grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, I was like 11, 10 years old. Um, I started asking those questions. And... I wasn't getting the answers to them, so I started seeking out, oh, maybe I'll find it in books. But I didn't go straight to the Catholic books or the Christian books. I went to the scientific intellectual minds of, at the time, or okay. currently still live, um, like okay. uh, Michio Kaku, Ste Stephen Hawking, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. And I was fascinated by just science, uh, astrophysicists, um, physics in general. And then it's like, yep, that's slowly working my way. It's like, these are concrete reasonings and then of course all three are atheists so that's slowly brought me towards there can't really be a god at that point sure so sure sure science. so you're asking these questions mm -hmm. uh, which i was not asking those questions when i was 11 i don't know what i was asking i was asking like <laughs> how do i turn on the nintendo or something like that i was or how can i shoot a basketball i don't know what i was doing when i, I was not asking big questions right but if you're asking big questions mm -hmm. and there are people around you that typically give you your answers, but they don't have answers. Right. You're going to go looking for the answers. Exactly. And you were starting to find people who were going to give you, they were giving you, you weren't talking to them face to face, but mm -hmm. you're I interacting with them through books or videos or whatever the thing might be. And they're starting to give thoughtful reflection on things. Right. Uh, and as you're indicating here, um, non-theistic, atheistic or secular or just mm -hmm. scientific or whatever. Right. And if it's just scientific and not scientism, and if it's just secular and not atheistic, there's no problem there because mm -hmm. it's just what the domain does. But once you introduce atheistic science or scientism to the science, you start. This is where you can really start getting led astray. And right. so this is what you found: that it wasn't just uh, helping you to understand truth, and then you could. Uh, it also was helping in your faith. It was more like helping me find truth, and I was moving away from right. faith. That's yep. what was happening. The latter, exactly. Okay. And so then, what did that look like? At that time, you were just, you said, I'm not going to Mass anymore. I don't want any more Tres well, Leches. What definitely helped in that part, too, was we stopped going to Mass ah. around that time, too. So that's really okay. accelerated the whole process sure. of, of leaving the faith. Because my mom, being an only parent, she wasn't, Sundays were essentially her day off. Yeah. And so she didn't really want to wake up early. Didn't yeah. want to take, and we were, of course, not the best children at that time. It was like, we don't want to go to church. So it's sure. like, um, she's like, fine, we'll just stay home. And so after, year after year, church wasn't um going to mass daily it was like uh weekly wasn't something we did um okay. and then we essentially just the whole family just stopped going but we still celebrated so that's still got your trace oh well leches. then it's fine everything's fine then i still right. got my trace leches that's what i need <laughs> great okay so this is where how many brothers and sisters you got so i got one brother and one sister all i'm right. the oldest of three okay and they're all here in north dakota now or? yep they're up in stanley okay. uh, my sister works in uh town and country actually and my brother is a senior this year okay so what uh what cut you must something must have changed here because you ended up at prayer day with Father Mike somehow. I don't know how right. that happened. Exactly. And, I mean, definitely reflecting on all this, it's definitely took a bunch of steps, people, uh, books, people I don't even know. I just read their readings and read, uh, saw their videos, and that ultimately brought me back. I mean, I went through a hard 
dark time in my life during those that time that period of outside of church and um how i res- took to respond it wasn't probably the best because i decided to res- uh deal with that problem a thousand miles away from where i was born and raised that was up here in stanley in a new school new environment so it didn't really it almost felt like that same problem was being repeated again in stanley with these same impulses same situations same vices all that stuff so over the past five years, small steps that brought me here were mainly personal, like looking inward, mm-hmm. seeing um, through self-improvement books. I dealt with stoicism a bit, and then non-dominational worship, and then that truly, brought, from non-dominational uh, preachers and stuff, brought me to the Catholic Church. Okay, so take us down that a little bit further. Mm-hmm. You're looking self-improvement, you're thinking, I need a little bit more than that, so then you start right. looking at Jesus, uh, some videos or Mm -hmm. different people that are talking about Jesus or the Bible or whatever, and you're starting like, hey, I like that. This is actually doing something for me. And Walk me through a little bit further what that concretely looking. You just started searching videos and it just started changing the videos that you're looking at? Yeah, it's mainly people started asking me because I would, at the time, I still wore a cross, even though I didn't practice the faith. Okay. So they would ask me like, "Um, do you go to church? Or like, what denomination are you? Like, uh, I'm not, (laughs) I don't go to church. I just wear this cross. It looks nice. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But so, you knew that you grew, you knew you were baptized Catholic. Yes, I knew. But I you wasn't, weren't identifying with. I that. wasn't at that point. No, I wasn't oh. identifying with Catholic. Right. Catholic. So, and so they were just prying questions, asking me stuff about. I still, for some reason, would defend the Catholic Church, even though I wasn't practicing. I wouldn't call myself Catholic. They would, they would say like, "Oh, Catholics all do this," or um, "I don't get it, but that's wrong." It's like, well, maybe it's right. I mean, have you asked any Catholics like that? But, mm-hmm. Had so you been confirmed? Uh, no, I you hadn't been. Have no. you been now? Uh, yet to be confirmed. You're not confirmed I'm not yet? not confirmed yet. Okay. I, I, I will work on that. Wow. We would love to have you confirmed while you're here at the university. My that goodness, would be awesome. That would be great. You heard it here, folks. No. <laughs> so, uh, people were asking these questions, and you, were def- you found yourself defending the church that yeah. you were baptized in. Right. Okay. So, I started searching for these questions, and um, I felt... I bumped into videos from uh, Father Casey, who he's a Franciscan friar, um, Bishop Barron, of course, from Word on Fire, and just all these different um, priests and religious that were online. And that truly, like, I kept learning and learning, and then I would speak with non-dominational Christians about it. And one talk from the church called Fresh Life Church um, was giving a sermon on the Apostles' Creed, and they got to the section of the Catholic Church, and it had a lowercase c, and they talked about how that's the universal church. Not in the sense that it's a church itself, but that it's just a universal calling that all Christians are one family. And I was like, that really took me back. It's like, interesting. That word Catholic, I mean, it means so much to me growing up. So I delved more into that Catholic apostolic creed. And ultimately, that second day, that following week, I mean, I went to church, I went to Mass. And just that whole experience, reciting the creed with everybody, and it's like, this is home. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, I'm, this is my church, and I'm glad to be back. And started taking the small steps of returning back into the Catholic faith. <laughs> this is great. I've got a big smile now. <laughs> uh, because uh, if, when there's this, there's something inside of you when you're a kid. Uh, there's something that really still is part of the Catholic Church, even though it wasn't formed very uh, formally or it doesn't come very explicitly forward. Uh, but then when you 
and you found yourself kind of defending different teachings of the church, or maybe it could be right. So there's something there, but it wasn't explicit. Uh, but then when you come across an explanation, and it, and it um, it it uh, sort of what can we say brings the brings the word Catholic down below the fullest of its meaning. It's not the fullness of what that word means. Mm-hmm. You're like, wait a second, I need to stop on this word right, right here. Exactly. And then it's like, okay, this is bringing me back uh, to, to all of this. Is really, this is really delightful, Carlos. So I look forward to continuing our conversation, everybody. We're going to take a break here. We're talking with Carlos. He's going to get confirmed now because he came on the radio and now he's getting confirmed. I love it. Well, he can be free to choose as he wants. But we'll take a break. We're going to continue a conversation with him after this. Stay with us. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Have you forgiven those who have hurt you, especially those who abandoned or left you after taking their own life? I'm Father Chris Alar. Jesus says that you can only be forgiven by God if you forgive others. It is one of the most important things you can ever do. For if you don't, you are jeopardizing your own salvation. When you refuse to forgive someone, you are not hurting them. You are only hurting yourself. Forgiveness is a critical part of the healing process, which includes forgiving yourself. Also, forgiveness may not be nearly as difficult as you think. So join us and learn how to forgive, and God can fully forgive you through his love and mercy. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Hello, hello again. This is Father Vasek. We are continuing a conversation here on Real Presence Live. I'm visiting with Carlo Gomez about his faith journey. Now, you're going to be amazed when you hear that he's a freshman because he's speaking like a, a very mature scholar. 
This is great. So, Carlos, we're so glad you're with us this morning sharing about your story. You saw the word Catholic in the Apostles' Creed. That's where we left off. And you say, wait a second. I think this word means a little bit more than what we're saying here. Or, or this is bringing me into something that I'm remembering from when I was younger. And, and then you ended up at Mass the next week, which is really great. Was there any more you wanted to share there? Or would you like to move into a, another part of your, of your story? I mean, you can definitely move on. From great. Well, I have in my notes here that you know something about St. Thomas Aquinas. What's that all about? Right. And so that actually started last year with Father Jason Signos back at Stanley, North Dakota in okay. Queen of the Most Holy Rosary. Uh-huh. Shout out to them. Um, <laughs> after a like, book study that we went through during the um, Christmas season because he gifted, he usually gifts books during Christmas time. Sure. Um, we went through The Bible is a Catholic book. And so after that, he mentioned to me that he was going to go study with a parishioner the Summa Theologia by St. Thomas Aquinas. <laughs> <laughs> and so he like invited me. Why? Like, would you like to join us? I'm like, sure. I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> A little bit about St. <laughs> Thomas Aquinas. But Let's go study the big five-volume masterpiece. Ex- exactly, right. And so our first meeting was basically like, well, here it is. But I mean, <laughs> after much reflection, we th- I think it's good that we start with an introductory course and stuff like that. So we went through um, the International Catholic University's lectures on St. Thomas Aquinas, on his um, way of writing and stuff like that, and what he taught and what he did. And then we jumped into the silence of St. Thomas um, Aquinas. Of um, That mainly talked about his life and just um, his story of how he became the saint we know now today. Sure. And then from there, we jumped into the compendium to theology. And that was quite the read. It took us a majority of um, the summertime into my f- first few months here at the university, just meeting over Zoom and just talking, going through each um, question that he would be brought up with and then his rebuke or his answer to that. Right. That was very... This, um, this method of St. Thomas Aquinas was um, to pose any number of questions that he could mm-hmm. and then to come up with arguments as to why the Catholic teaching is wrong and why it can't be the case. And so he'd bring all of these rebuttals, and then he would give a Catholic response. Uh, so he would kind of pose an argument with himself. Right. Uh, but like not just one, he'd pose like ten. He'd be like, okay, so the Eucharist cannot be Jesus for this reason, and this reason, and this reason. And he'd even use scripture, and he'd use philosophy, and he'd, mm-hmm. and he'd like go against himself on all these really high uh, high thoughts. But then he'd come back and say, no, 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 but here's what the faith teaches. And then he answers it, right? Um, I bet you just absolutely love that with your inquisitive mind and the questions that you're asking as a fifth exactly. grader and looking for answers in science and, mm-hmm. and these different theorists and physicists and various things. Like you want, you want stimulation of the intellect. Exactly. And so Thomas Aquinas is going to give that to you. And he did. I mean, especially going through and reflecting on all I've been learning about him. It's like, yeah, this is bringing me back to my fifth grade like mind. It's just all yes. these questions are finally getting answered. Right. He's answering them mm-hmm. all for you. That's fantastic. So some people out there would be like, we don't need all these books with this theology. Well, guess what? There are some young men uh, and women, but we're talking to a young man right now. There are some young people who are having big thoughts and big questions. And if we give them uh, simple little silly things, it's not going to suffice. We mm-hmm. have to be engaged. We have to be, uh, we have to be wise. We have to give some real meat. St. Paul says it this way, I've been giving you spiritual milk because you're not mature enough to have meat. I wish you were ready for the meat. (laughs) So if you're getting St. Thomas Aquinas, you're getting the meat. I'm getting the meat. (laughs) Well, not this lens, because I did give up that. Ah, (laughs) You gave up St. Thomas Aquinas? No, I gave up meat. meat. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's great. So you don't have to give up St. Thomas Aquinas to get the, to give up the meat. I got yeah. it. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, any is there any particular things about St. Thomas Aquinas that uh, that really have stuck out to you that you're like, wow, this guy, like the way that he was, or just some things that he said, or certain questions that he answered? You're like, wow. Honestly, this his, is it? Yeah, his mind. I mean, there was a story that he would dictate these books that he was writing multiple books at a time to multiple dictators at a time and just here write this write that and I'm like that's right. just yeah the way his mind just worked yeah impressive yeah 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 i mean he could have four or five scribes right and he'll look at the one and say okay on question number six with regard to philosophy write this mm-hmm. all right so what are we over here we're on theology okay question number 27 on the blessed virgin mary write this and while those people are writing it's like okay what are we talking about over here oh we're talking about the eucharist okay write this okay back to you on philosophy continue write about this boom and we just keep going it's exactly. like what I know it's like wow. who is this guy? So, but he's uh, he's not just a brain. I remember taking a course where where I realized that uh, as smart as he was, he was he was pious. Mm. He would weep when he would celebrate mass. Mm-hmm. When he got done celebrating mass, he would go back and he would attend another mass because they didn't can celebrate. He'd go back and serve oh, wow. another mass, and he would just weep at the gift of the mm-hmm. Eucharist. I mean, so this he's amazing. not just a brain. He's right. his heart and his soul. Are expansive. Um, this is really, really, really beautiful. Anyway, I could talk about. I went to a university called St. Thomas Aquinas. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, in Rome. So it was, uh, that's he's my patron. That way, so, he's many people's patrons. Mm-hmm. So, if um, was there more you want to say about St. Thomas right now? Because um, I have some more questions for you. You can ask some more questions. Great. So. Uh, if we were talking about uh, college students, maybe high school mm-hmm. students or other young people that are getting challenged uh, about their Catholic faith, should they just give up and run away? Should they just hide in the sand? Or I mean, what what advice would you give to to your uh, peers or mm-hmm. others who are going through these kinds of things? Right. And I guess that also brought me back to how I approached with it too. And in some, from the line Saint Augustine said, um, "Take up and read." Hmm. Just take up and read. It's like for me, the greatest challenge was the had had so much questions, but I didn't seek the answers to those questions from books that were gonna deal with that those hmm. questions. So, firstly, I'd say just know your faith, read it, pray it, live it, and then go out and preach it. Just really own what your faith is. Um, and to those who are challenged, see that you're not alone. I mean, there are many of us that are challenged daily sometimes. So seek out people to help you. Like be your parish priest because mm. I didn't go seek out religious people or my local priest. I just went straight to the book, science section. Like, oh, that, that might have the answer right. to those questions. So, um, and yeah, I mean, there's great Catholic books out there too. So mm-hmm. The catechism is a great option. Yes. The Bible, praying with it and really reflecting on many of the passages there. So, Do you still recommend videos? Oh, for sure. Okay. I mean, like I, I mentioned, um, We're on Fire. Um, right. There's Foster... Father Casey Cole from the Franciscans. Um, of course, this radio show, you can learn a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Real Presence Live. <laughs> right. So, Thank you for that. Of course. And then, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of options out there. You just got to seek it and listen read it, and read it. So. so here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. Were you a reader your entire life? You always liked reading books or did you have to work hard for this? Oh, no, I was, I've always been a reader. I All mean, right. So to the readers out there, <laughs> keep reading. <laughs> right. Uh, but to those who don't want to read, start reading. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I mean, there's some good books out there. Yeah. Um, and that, well, this that, is where videos come in handy. If, if right. a person doesn't like to read, they probably can sit there and watch a video. Oh, for sure. And there's really good, there are really good videos out there. Sure. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, there are other, there are definitely students out there that are, 
getting challenged. And I think, I think this idea about that you're not alone mm-hmm. and that there are people around, uh, I think that's really important because um, I know so many young students uh, that are like, oh, I have all these questions, but like, I don't have any answers, so I'm just going to give up. It's like, well, is that what you do with other things? Right. Do you just give up if, like, shouldn't you have to take some ownership? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is there something uh, that you would say to your to your fellow peers? Hey, you got to take responsibility. You got to take ownership for this. If you got right. questions, you got to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Or do you find that do you find that people your age are are um, sometimes lacking in taking ownership and, and doing the hard work that's necessary for these things? Or? Oh, oh, for sure. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> even as long as I do, it's like, um, yeah, we need to, like a wake up call. Like, sure. hey, we need to own up to what you're doing, or you need to change what you're doing because. It's not leading you where you want it to go. And then you're complaining at the end, like, why don't I have this? Why don't I have this? Why don't I have the answer to this? It's like, well, most of it's because you haven't initiated that process. Right. You haven't started. You haven't gone out and sought the answer, the truth. So Yeah, you didn't put in the effort. Yeah, but yeah, how exactly. do you, you can't expect for a result if you don't put in an effort. Exactly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, in our last minute or so, um, I had a question. Now it's escaping me. Ah, you said, live your faith. Uh, practice your faith, study faith, and then teach the faith. Yep. Um, so I think this is super important because um, what everybody says who's a teacher is if you want to really learn something, start teaching it. Start teaching it. Exactly. Because if you teach, you have to know it. Mm-hmm. And you learn a lot by teaching. And so uh, a lot of people, maybe they are reading books or they're learning a lot, but they're not ever talking about it. Not even just, not, not like teaching formally, mm-hmm. but they're not even talking about it. Right. So then they're, it's really not becoming anchored in them mm-hmm. because they're not, they're not talking to people. So with this, uh, with this spreading of the faith that you're mentioning, uh, find someone that you can just share with, someone that you don't need to argue with, right. someone that has the mm-hmm. same belief as you. But if, you, if we start talking about it, it starts to take root more, starts to get integrated more, and then... And then if I'm talking about it often enough, then when someone who's confronting me, I'm going to continue talking because mm-hmm. I'll have that sort of comfort of having it come out rather than just always taking it in, right? right. So any other thoughts, uh, Carlos, before we have to go on to our next segment? Uh, any other final thoughts about your experience at the University of Mary or your, your development of your faith or mm-hmm. different things? Yeah, well, I mean, definitely wanted to thank the University of Mary for having me in the first place because it's been such a huge spiritual growth for mm-hmm. me here. Um, I was reflecting on a question that um, I was asked to talk about was how was the influence of you being at UMary growth, like given me more growth in my faith. And sure. as I was reflecting on that, I was in the Bennett Chapel at four in the morning. I was like, how has it benefited me? I'm like, wait, I'm in the I'm chapel, in chapel at four in the morning. morning. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> there's your sign. There's your sign. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, it's it's impacted me so much. And it's, I'm so grateful for that. I don't see any growth. Wait a second. I'm in the chapel at 4 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, Carlos, thank you so much. Um, I would say you're a junior or a senior. I don't think you're a freshman. That's amazing. Well, thank you, you did so well today. So thanks for being with us here at Real Presence Live. Yep, thank you for having me. All right, everybody. This was Carlos Gomez. We were talking about his faith journey, which is fantastic. He's a bright future in front of him here at the University of Mary. We're going to take a quick break. And we're going to come back and talk to a super-duper fantastic scholar man. He's like the man. He's like the kind of guy you would spend thousands of dollars uh, just to bring to your event so that he could say something so wise and brilliant. But he's here at the University of Mary. He works here. So we're going to talk to him, Dr. John Kincaid in a book that is super duper popular out in, uh, out in the world. So stay with us. You don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. 
This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 